0: And we will give account for how many we fed, how many we clothed, and how many we visited in prison. Uh, Church of the Harvest has a prison jail rep here this morning. He goes to jail almost every Monday night. But something interesting happened in Big John's life this past week. Big God, come and share that and introduce who you have with you. There's a reason why they call him Big John.
1: I don't know why, but I would, when I look at somebody in the jail and say, you need Jesus, they just look up and say, how do I get him? <laughs> so God just blessed me that way. My guest this morning is Chris. And, Hi, Chris. You, and she did say yes yesterday. So
0: Congratulations. He went to Jared's and she said
1: yes. Yes. Yeah, I've been single almost seven years now. She said yes, and I'm the happiest man in the world. faith uh, we went in the prison last Saturday, uh, in Bradley County Jail. We've had tremendous liberty there. God has just blessed there, the men's prison that morning. There were, I oh, guess, 35, 40 men give their hearts to Christ. Wow. Such a spirit of hunger. Pastor mentioned that yesterday morning we ate breakfast. They're hungry right now. They are so hungry. We went in the women's prison. I didn't know it, but uh, there had four witches had that had were in the jail there was witches there's witches around they're still there and there's four witches there and they'd requested to be in the service in the women's service and they let them come in and one of them was as close to me as well a little closer to me than pastor ronda and I, I knew that i didn't know they were there they told pa- pastor russ they were there but he didn't share it with us but uh, there was a cold atmosphere in that women's service very cold until holy ghost had other plans a uh, little lady named Trish When she said When she saw the witch She told her to pray for God told her to pray for her immediately but She told him no When she saw the old Old, old pastor He laid his hand on that witch And then she went straight to her And that God told her To bind that spirit right then And then at that time Some friends Three or four pastors Gathered around her And we were praying to the Holy Ghost He still lives Yes. We still have power He's still alive and well. But in that service, two of them, four witches, gave their heart to Jesus Christ. But there were many, there were so many decisions. So many decisions for Christ. And they're hungry right now. They're hungry right now. And Pastor Wanted me to share the vision I had a few years ago. I was in a church in Chattanooga, and that morning I was worshiping, and God took me to Eli left the building. I was worshiping. An angel met me, and he, I was on my knees worshiping. And he stayed beside me. He said, John, get up. I said, I can't get up. He said, Get up. He made me get up on my own. And then he took me to the edge of a cliff. And I will never forget this as long as I live. I looked out over the edge of that cliff. Millions and millions of souls. I saw the pit. I saw the pit, and they were standing over the pit, and no one was going. No one was telling them. No one. I saw the pit. I'll never forget seeing their faces. I saw their faces, millions, over the pit. And that's when the angel told me to go. And that's when one of the ushers tapped me on the shoulder and said, Man, you're too loud. I was weeping. I was weeping. He said, You're too loud. I said, I got to go. This was in church. He said, you're too loud. He said, you're disturbing the person. I said, it's okay. I got to go. He said, no, you can stay. You just don't disturb the person next to you. I said, I got to go. I walked out of that service, and I knew there was a black church down the road that let fat people dance in the aisles. (laughs) And I I resemble that mark. And so I, I was heading there, and there was a guy standing on the corner of the road, and God said, talk to him. So I went the next block, turned around. And I stood up, well, started walking up to him. I said, hi, I'm Big John. He had dreadlocks. Looked like he hadn't eaten in three days. Lord said, now offer him. Ask to feed him. I said, would you like to eat? He said, sure. I said, there's a Chinese buffet right there. Let's go. Well, he hadn't eaten in three days. That boy chowed down. We just, we prayed over the food. We just chit-chatted. And then after, after we ate, we just walking into the car and Lord said, offer him a ride. I said, okay. I said, do you need a ride somewhere? He said, yeah, I'm going to Walmart. They're on right across from uh, Harbor Freight. And I said, I'll give you a ride. So he got in the car, and then the Lord said witness to him. And I looked at the man. When he got in the car, I said, man, if you died today, where would you go? And he looked me dead in the eye. He said, I would go to hell. And I said, well, there's a book. And if your name's written in that book, you will go to heaven. Would you like that? And he said, absolutely. Before he got to Walmart, he knew Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Awesome. I cannot win on one at a, all, but I can get on one at a time. Amen. And if there's a few of us that will get out there and go, we can get on one at a time. And they're hungry right now. I've, right. I told Pastor Hank, I've seen more than 100 saved since January. Wow. Three or four right in Waffle House parking lot. That's a big fishing hole. <laughs> I've seen I've led three or four to Christ but I've come to the conclusion I'm not going to just leave them saved when I, I'm praying deliverance over them when I, I, I'm changing I've been limiting a limitless God in my life I have been limiting but I'm, not, I'm no longer limiting because you know, when, I, when I leave them and they've been saved I'm going to leave them delivered, saved and finding in a whosoever church God awesome. bless y'all awesome.
0: thank you Thank you, Big John. And, Chris, you're about to enter a crazy, wild journey. He is not afraid. He's not afraid to win. He's not afraid to test. I couldn't help but reflect when, when uh, Big John said we win them one at a time. I've shared this story before, true story of a guy that was uh, – he felt like the Lord told him to write a book, and he went to the beach, sequestered himself, was trying to get something from the Lord. And uh, he felt impressed to walk along the beach, and he walked along the beach. And there was a little boy about 10 years old. And what had happened, a, tidal, a, a red tide wave had washed in thousands of starfish, and they were, they were washed up on the beach. And this little boy was picking them up one at a time and throwing them back in the ocean. And the man told the little boy, he said, man, he said, son, you can't. He said, you can't save all those starfish. And the little boy said, no, but I can save this one. I can one at a time. Gene had an interesting encounter this week. Come on, Gene, come and share. We overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. The enemy hates what we're doing right now. Don't you love it?
2: Morning. Um, starting about um, two months ago um, at my work, I met a young lady, uh, 19 years old, and um, She suffered from uh, deep depression, uh, anxiety, Uh, one of the type of people that every time you saw them, uh, they just had their head hung down and uh, really couldn't approach them. About like a wild animal, you know, worked by herself. She's really just bewildered. And um, so every chance I got, like if we would meet up to clock in or during the break time or whatever, I would try to say a few words just to, you know, be friendly, and get a conversation started. So uh, as this progressed, um, we got into, of course, talking about Jesus, and she told me what she believed and and what she thought, and I listened, and she kind of mixed up from, you know, what I believe. And um, so as uh, I made friends with this girl, I'd see her start to carry garbage across the parking lot or lift something heavier, hang a shower curtain too high, I'd always run over and do it for her. Well, as I made friends with her, um, she began to tell me that she was a cutter, that when she went and she showed me her arms and her arms are all just sliced all to pieces on the inside. Well, I'd been praying for this girl and uh, I told Leela about her and uh, asked for prayer for her. So to make a long story short, um, I came to work yesterday. Um, when I got out of the vehicle uh, and got in the parking lot and started walking through, something felt different. There was a joy, there was a, a strength that just like something in the atmosphere has changed. So as I'm going through, I said, Man, I bet uh, they're having this warrior fest up here, and all these people's praising God. We're booked out here, and you know, all these people are coming to the motel that they're bringing this anointing with them. You know, I'm just going in my head doing this. So um, I get the bright idea to invite that girl to Warrior Fest. You know, I, we had an extra ticket, and then I get to thinking, well, um, how am I going to get her there? I, sh- I sure just can't go pick her up myself and, and take her with my wife and kids, drop them off. So I'm going to have to talk Leela in to go on and picking her up. After she drops up, we're going to end up making three trips, you know, in the vehicle or whatever. And I, Man, I've stuck my foot in my mouth, you know. So she acts like she might actually go. So I get on the phone, hit Facebook, and go through wanting to show her some pictures, what it looks like, Well she has no idea. Uh, they're originally from Ohio, don't know much about you know, Southern you know, religion and all this. So um, I can't find anything. Well, I'm standing up there and a lady comes up and she's got a shirt on that says Jesus across it, and she's just all you know vibrant and smiling. I said, did you go to Warrior Fest? She's like, yes, I did. You going? So I get a conversation with her. I said, I got a friend over here, and um, could you tell her about it? And she's like, I'd love to. So as we go out the door, um, she tells her husband to come down from the balcony and come with us. So I'm telling her the story, how I feel like, you know, such a joy here today. And the atmosphere. she said, and I tell her everything that I'd said, and she's like, um, Hold up a minute. She tapped me on the shoulder. She says, honey, hurry and come down here. She said, tell him just what you told me. So I tell him that I feel something's different in there, and I believe it's because, you know, we're having this big praise, you know, warrior fest and all this. And she says, that's the same thing he told me when he stepped out of the motel door this morning, you know. So I take and take him to this girl, and I walk up with two strangers to her, and she's like deer in the head, like, stuck. I said, oh, no, man, this is going to be bad because, you know, she really don't deal with people. I said, listen, these people want to tell you about Warrior Fest. They're really nice and all this. So usually I'll stay with that person if I introduce them to somebody. But something told me to to go, you know. And uh, then I'm thinking, man, you know, I done checked the people's tag, seen the vehicle there's in, no days from Alabama, you know, kind of watching that, I don't know. You know, you're in a motel. You never know what's going to happen. So at afar, I'm kind of watching to make sure that, you know, this girl's safe that I've introduced these people to. But anyways, um, they start to witness to her and talk to her and all this. So about 30 minutes go by, you know. I make another lap back around, you know, kind of looking. They're still there. And I hear the guy say, we're going to pray again, you know. So, man, there's a battle going on here had begun I guess that's why I was told to leave you know just in my spirit and um, so about 45 minutes close to our hour goes by this girl's not doing her work they're locked up out here you know cameras I know the motel manager sitting there looking and I'm thinking I know what I'm going to tell her you know because I'm not really doing what I'm supposed to do and she's not neither but then had it made up my mind I was going to say uh, I must be about my father's business you know uh, this is the work of God here, I'm, there's no violence, this has to happen, you know. So anyways, um, the girl goes to Warrior Fest with them. They pick her up in the middle of the day, and um, I thought, man, she got to go. So me and Leland, the kids come in as soon as we go in the doors last night. Here's her and that girl locked up arm to arm like two schoolgirls, and the other lady from Alabama's about 50 years old or something, you know, a little bit older than me, 45-something. But they're skipping through the hallways at Warrior Fest, and this girl just smiling. She stops and grabs a hold of me, and that girl hugs me, and she's like, um, she received, and she repented. And one of the um, leaders here at the church's daughter was also a cutter and suffered from this. We've introduced them. She's going to be a part of, you know, of all this. And, man, it was just it was a real miracle. It wasn't even like the same girl that I saw. Uh, at the motel, so it was a real miracle.
0: God is faithful. God is faithful. Enemy hates. Enemy hates that. I have a weapon with you this morning. Go with me to First John, the fifth chapter. I'm sharing a familiar passage of Scripture. I believe God has tapped me on the shoulder this week and giving me a nudge, a word for this house, a word for this body, a word for us. I have never shared this before. I've never seen it before. I'm 5, First John 5, never been uh, heard it taught or preached. Uh, Sunday night, uh, we lost something very important at our house. And I woke up at 1 a.m. to find Pastor Rhonda up, tore up, anxiety, Stress, looking for what we had lost. When she told me what was going on, I came to one of three conclusions. Only three things could have happened to what we lost. Someone opened the door of her home and walked in and took it. Skyler lost it. Or Pastor Ron hid it so well she couldn't find it. So I go on to sleep. I go on to bed. I ask the Lord I ask the Lord to help Pastor to find it. I go to bed. I have two dreams. The first dream is I dreamed that Pastor Rhonda stuck what we were looking for in a stack of stuff that she'd already gone through, she'd already looked, but she overlooked it. That was the first dream. The second dream I had was when we found what we had lost and had deposited it, we were laughing about how it was lost and just laughing about it, but we'd found it. So I had a dream where it was, and I had a dream that we found it. And so I get up. Pastor Ron was up till 4 a.m., looking and praying and seeking and searching. And so I share with her the two dreams that I had. These are the, no, I think I just shared one, and then later shared. So she calls about an hour later and says, You are a prophet. I said, What happened? She said, I went back to where I'd already looked, and in the stack where I'd already gone through, it was there. We tried to blame Skylar, we tried to blame a thief, but we found it. And as I process all of that, uh, you know, you, you might feel like that is insignificant or unimportant. But God, because it was important to us, it was important to Him. And a lot of us believe that God can do things, but a lot of us don't know that God can do things. And there is a difference. Uh, the Bible says, even the demons believe so, so there are a lot of people that, that believe the story of the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, but they don't know that God can do it for them. A lot of people believe the story of, of Daniel in the lion's den, but they don't know that God can do it for them. And uh, I was in um, Sandy Hook, Kentucky, last week at a maximum security prison, and I was visiting with, with a lifelong friend, who has served 17 years on a ludicrous, erroneous charge. And uh, we were just talking, and and he'll call me three or four times a week. And uh, he always concludes our conversation with a question. Pastor, do you believe I'm coming out? Do you believe I'm coming out? And uh, while I was with him this past week, he asked me that question, and something came over me. And there was a transition, and there was a transformation, and there was a, there was a nudge. I said, Pastor John, not only do I believe you're coming out, I know you're coming out. I don't just believe, but I know. And so this week, as I've been pondering that, I asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, show me if that is, if that is a spiritual truth, if that's a spiritual revelation, if that's a nugget that you want this house to have, Find it for me. Show it to me. And the Lord brought to me First John 5 and 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know He heareth us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. And this is the confidence that song says: My hope is built on nothing less than Christ. Then how's it go, Pastor Rhonda? My hope is built on nothing less with Jesus' blood and righteousness. So there's a there's a there's a transition that you and I can go through that we can sort out that we don't just believe what the Word of God has to say, but we can know that what the Word of God has to say is the truth. And as I w- walked through the Scripture this week, God brought me to Samuel to a story about a girl by the name of Hannah. Hannah had a husband, and she had uh, the, the husband actually had two wives. How scary is that? And Peniel had given uh, el Hakan, I think his name, Anyway, whatever you want to call him, we'll make up. Let's call him George. Okay, so so this this Peniel had given George several children, but Hannah had gave George nothing, and it looks like that Hannah was the preferred bride. That that George actually loved Hannah more than he loved Peniel, and uh, Hannah was very upset, was very wrought, was very frustrated, and and he goes to his wife and he says, "Am I not more important than ten sons?" And she said, yes, you are, but I want to have a child. I want, I, I just believe that God's going to let me have a child. Well, they go to church, and the Bible says that uh, they got to praying, Jerry, and she got to interceding, and she began to pray, and her mouth was moving, but words weren't coming out. And you couldn't hear anything. Her mouth was moving. Well, the priest, prophet, who should have known that she was praying, he thought she was drunk, and so... Uh, he went to her, and he confronted her. And he said, put away your wine. Why, why are you drinking? Why are you? And she said, no, I'm, I'm not drinking. I need to hear from the Lord. I know that God has something for me. I need a breakthrough. I need, I need a revelation. And he told her, he said, be of good cheer. What you have asked, you're going to receive. And we know that she goes home, and uh, she gets pregnant, and she has a young man by the name of Samuel. And Samuel is such a cool guy. The Bible says about Samuel that none of his words fell to the ground, that what he spoke came to pass. But the reason that what he spoke came to pass is not just because he believed there was a God, but he knew that there was a God that was speaking through him. And Samuel was just a young child, and the Bible said he did not know the Lord or the ways of the Lord, and God called his name. And Samuel got up. And went to the prophet Eli's bedroom and said, Here I'm, here I am, what do you want? And Eli said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't call you. I didn't I didn't I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed and God calls him again. And, and Samuel runs into Eli's bedroom and says, Hey, he said, what do you want? Here I am. And Eli realized there's something going on here. There's something taking place, there's something transpiring. And so Eli said, You know what, Samuel, God is calling you. And the next time you hear your, your name called, just say, here am I, Lord, your servant. Go ahead and speak. So the third time, Gene, God calls his name, and Samuel says, here am I, Lord. And then God begins to speak to Samuel, and the Bible says, from that day forward, the words of Samuel never fell to the ground, that everything he spoke came to pass. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, that's the secret. When you can learn to pray and love the things that God loves and learn to pray and hate the things that God hates and begin to intercede for the things that are important in God's life and in your life, things are going to begin to change in your life. And I like what John said. He wrote, he wrote, a, he wrote two books, John and Revelation. He wrote three letters. The last letter only has one chapter, in 3 John, this, the, 3 John, the first chapter, the second verse, John said this. And you've got to understand, John was the guy that was marked by God. Let me tell you how he's marked by God. And Big John, I thought about you as I was thinking about this. Um, at the uh, garden, everybody abandoned Jesus but John. And on the cross, everybody had abandoned Jesus but John. And on the cross, Jesus went to a great deal of trouble to look at his mom and say, Mom, behold your son. And he, and he pointed to John. And then Jesus looked at John and said, Son, behold your mother. Now, how many, that sounds crazy. How many, like, what sense does that make? But it was the custom of that day that the oldest son, when the dad died, got two parts. Not just one part, two parts. Because it was responsibility of the older son to take care of mom if something happened to dad. And somewhere in the life of Jesus, he was the oldest son. Somewhere in the life of Jesus, Joseph, Alex, had died. His his dad had died. And so Jesus was responsible for his mom and got a double portion. Jesus, before he dies and leaves this earth, he makes sure that mom is taken care of. And he looks at John and says, You're going to get a double portion. And what is so ironic, John is the only disciple that died of old age. He lived a healthy life because he had to take care of the mother of Jesus. What a responsibility that God has given us today to take care of this church, to take care of this house, to take care of this flock, to take care of this generation. And as long as you've got that on you, that responsibility on you, you will live and not die, and you will be blessed. Here's what John said. John could have talked about the rapture because he wrote about it. He could have talked about heaven because he, wrote about, he saw heaven, wrote about it. He could have talked about the resurrection. He was there. He could have talked about the crucifixion. He was there. But John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospereth. Three things there that God wants you to know when you, when you pray, the confidence that we have in him, that we ask according to his will. Let me tell you what God's will is for you today. It is God's will that you prosper. Amen. It is God's will that you're healthy. And it's God's will that your soulish man becomes spiritual and you learn the things of God, you read the things of God, you hear the things of God, you say the things of God. And when you do that, there's a transition that not only do you just believe, but you know. Becky, I don't know if you ever heard my dad say, I know it in my knower. Has anybody heard that? I know it. How do you how do you know that? How do you know? I just know it. I just anybody ever look at you and say, I just know it. I just It's in my knower. I remember when we were children, there, were, uh, there was a chorus that we used to sing, and I won't sing, it, uh, I won't sing it for you this morning because God's called me to preach and not sing. And if I sing, you'll recognize me as a great treasure and try to convince me to cut an album and go on the, go on the road and be in concert with the Who. And, and uh, I don't want to do that. I want to stay right. So I won't, be, I won't be singing it. But here's how the chorus goes. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right, I know the Lord will make a way for me. Aren't you glad this morning that you know, you don't just believe, but you know that you know that you know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or thank. There needs to be a transition, of not just believing. Paul said, I believe, I serve, and I am. There are three categories there. He said, it's not just enough to believe, but you've got to know. I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded he's able to keep me at that day. Are you glad this morning that you know, that you know, Amen. that you know? Amen. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for this season today, this beautiful, gorgeous day. You've given us. We thank you for the worship that went up. We thank you for the prayers, the offerings that have been brought. We thank you.